Hey everybody and welcome back to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul. Welcome to 2023. And Holy crap. As uh, <laughs> as most um I think I think the most appropriate way to start this episode and 2023 is with my old pal and guitar uh, hero, and and I'm going to capitalize the hero, uh, Marky T, Mark Tremalia. Mark, hey, buddy. Hey, Paulie Ann. How you doing, man? Good to see you. It's, it's good to see you. Are you excited or nervous about what 2023 has to hold? Because you look at the memes online and it's always like, uh, how were you feeling about 2020 before we went in? You know, because that's obviously when everything turned to shit. But are you... Are you feeling good about this year? I don't know. You know, honestly, I never really think that far in advance. I sort of live in <laughs> like the moment and plans, you know, like I know I have something coming up, so I have that to look forward to and I got work and I got so, you know, so for me, I feel like it's going to be a decent year. The rest of the world, I, I pray it's going to be great for them. <laughs> do you ever do you ever feel like I would like to have more shows or I'd like to have less shows or I'd like to record this year? Do you ever think about things in that sort of context? Yes. <laughs> All of it. You know, sometimes I'm like, God, I wish I didn't have to play this weekend. And then sometimes I'm like, God, I can't believe I haven't played in two weeks. I, I need a gig, you know? So right. yeah, you know, it's the constant crazy brain of a musician. <laughs> so you actually, so that's interesting. I don't know that I've ever heard you articulate that sometimes you don't feel like playing because I imagine you as a guy who will play always. I, I you know, that's the thing is like, it's, it's more of how things get set up sometimes that frustrating to go play shows, you know, when you know what it's going to be like, like when, when I, when I have a nice show and I know, Oh, we're playing the House of Blues, or oh, we're playing here. But sometimes you're, you know, you're just for fun doing like the dive bar in town or whatever. And sometimes it's like, ah, it's going to be a ton of drunk people, and I've been around a ton of drunk people, and I don't really drink, so it's like a lot of, you know, trying to get away. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so if you could only play, you know, fly-in dates, arrive via helicopter like Axl Rose, then would you look forward to every one of those shows? I think so. Yeah, I would enjoy a helicopter ride to my gig. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what one has to do to, to, to get that gig. I guess that's really, really the, the question. And in fact, if we knew the answer to that on this podcast, then I think we could just like write a book, right? Write one of those books that claims to have the secret for everything, but you have to pay us for it and then make our millions that way. That is the secret. <laughs> I do believe. I do believe. All right. I have a sort of special episode planned for you and for everybody. I have some things I want to go through in the context of looking back on our past and looking ahead to the future. Um, okay. So I'm going to I'm going to read something here. Right. Uh -oh. uh, Mark <laughs> Tremalia, guitar player and co-lead vocals for the disreputable few. Started playing guitar at age six. Took lessons from Jim Shepley, the same gentleman who Dwayne Allman had credited as being his teacher. The professional playing started in a band called Doc's House Mob, who won a record deal on Dick Clark's Battle of the Bands. Randy Ray Mitchell, guitar and vocals, has played side by side with such notables as Matt Sorum, Daniel Lanois, blah, 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 blah. So that's someone you've played with in your band. Um, mm -hmm. Did you play Did you play with Donna Summer and Billy Bob Thornton, or was that someone else? That's, that's, that's Randy Ray okay. Mitchell. Yep. All right. 
All right, cool. So obviously I got this from the Disreputable Fuse website and part of this oh. was used in the announcement for you joining Little Caesar. So there yes. was actually an announcement that said, hey everybody, hey Little Caesar fans, Mark Tremelli is joining our band. He was in Bang Tango and Chambers Brothers and Brothers Johnson. He backed up Billy Gibbons slash and books trucks. He's a monster player and super nice dude. So uh, is that... It, when you think back to when that happened, was that a big deal for you? Um, it was It was nice, you know? I mean, I don't know if it was a big deal. I didn't, like, share it with many people <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? But right. it was. it's nice to read, you know? But I, I don't really promote myself that well. I'm not really good at, like, going, hey, look at me, look at me. I just want to do what I do and love to play. Right. But you've, you've done all of these things, right? And so this was an actual announcement, right? So if I got a chance to join whatever band, Boy Sets Fire or whatever, right? I would, mm -hmm. people would start unfriending me on Facebook because I would not shut up about it, right? Because, <laughs> because hypothetically, this would be a really big thing for me. It would have been my first sort of real band. And that's unfair, of course, to all of the bands and everything that I've ever done, because those, <laughs> all of those things are equally real by some measure, right? But it's right. this idea of success. So when you say, you know, it was cool, but I didn't promote it. Is that because, and this will sound overly harsh, but is it because you're jaded or because you've done some things and this is just not that big a deal? I mean, to be 100% honest, it's probably because I don't feel like it's a, a big thing that everybody has to read. And then I have insecurity. So I feel like I don't want to like just put myself out like, everybody look at me. I've never been the guy to go look at me at once, you know? So like I, I'll do what I do in the corner. And if people go, hey, that's cool, then and it's worked out all right so far, you know? So, <laughs> so is there some worry that in two weeks after this announcement came out, then for something happens and you're not in little Caesar, is that the worry or is it, or is it just that I don't want people to pay too close attention to me? That <laughs> the second thing you said, a hundred percent. No, I mean, I knew the band thing was fine. Like, you know, they'd, they'd been struggling to find a guitar player at the point that I joined the band. So I figured I, I did, I wasn't worried about like not being in the band. I just, I'm not really great at, at like, yeah. At, at, all, at all that stuff, you know? And I mean, you're not the first person who said to me, why don't you, you know, you should do YouTube videos or you should do, and it's like, it's hard for me. I just don't feel like comfortable doing that stuff. And I mean, I could probably get over it, like people would say, but I, still like then I, you have to like be out there and I don't really want to be out there. <laughs> and this leads into the idea behind this podcast, right? I've said it, I've said it many times. I said it at the uh, 100th, episode when we were talking about it the reason i started this we started this podcast was because you've done all of these things right right is your is your and this will this is a really weird and hard question but is your life normal right is there any way to think of your life in any context that isn't normal so for me looking from the outside in right it's not my normal right, right. but it is probably your normal because you don't know any different. I don't know anything else. Yeah. I mean, I moved to LA at 18, you know, I'd slept in a room with literally 10 guys <laughs> and rehearsed in our, in our bedroom, you know, and then I moved in with five guys and we had a rehearsal space, you know, and that's pretty much been the direction of my life. You know, I mean, I've had 
a lot of couch tours and I've also, you know, had some, some success with some of it, you know? So I, I don't really know what normal is and what normal's not. I just know what I do that makes my family around me happy, makes me happy. And, you know, that, that's all I can ask for, you know, is like health, success, happiness, and like knowing that everybody's doing good. Like, that's all I really care about. What's interesting to me is no matter what we talk about or what, what context we're talking about a topic in, you're always positive. And for a guy like you who's been close to the big brass ring, right, and maybe had it taken away <clears throat> or felt like you were just two steps away from being the next big thing and then it not working out for whatever million different reasons, right? We've, we've had all those stories over, over 150 episodes. How do you, yeah. How do you stay positive? Right. Again, that's a hard question because it's just you. Right. But it would be easy to think I deserve something. So why don't you think I deserve whatever's going to, you know, I deserve to be the next big thing because that's what happens to a lot of guys. Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, and that's, that is what I, you want to avoid, right? You know, I mean, look, there's no, there's no guarantees in life. There's nothing that you know is going to work. So if you, if in my brain anyways, if I step into things knowing, let me get out of this situation, something positive and step back and, and realize, Hey, a lot of people haven't gotten to tour around the States. A lot of people haven't gotten to tour around the world, even though I, I didn't sell a million records in headline arenas. I still sat, shared the stage with Slash and Billy Gibbons and Butch Trucks. So I still did things that can allow me to go, you know what? Like I was, I was kind of there, you know, like I, I got the inside kind of look at right. some of this stuff and I can still step back and, and go set lighting and do, do what I do for a day job and, and not feel like, Oh, I don't have that for a living because I tell you, I, I did for 20 years struggle pursuing music, you know? And I mean, knock on wood. Well, I mean, it's past it now. I never made, I never lived on the streets. I always managed to land on my feet and have some success, but man, was I hustling a lot, you know? And there's, there were some years that were so good. It like blew my mind when I look back that I made a decent amount of money just playing music and just doing that for a bunch of years, you know? And then when that struggle became real, like, you know, when I came back from Little Caesar and all of a sudden I didn't have as many students, I didn't have as many gigs coming up. I mean, literally at one point I had like seven bands and I was making money with all of them and it was all original stuff that I was doing. So it was, it was a, it was a neat time, but it was a super busy time, but it put things in perspective, you know, like even if I am that, you know, I mean, I, 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 was with Richie Sambora backstage. He didn't seem like the happiest guy in the world, but you know what? He did the whole thing, had million albums sold, did, did everything. But there was still a thing in him that was like, you could tell like, dude's not really happy. I mean, he could go through stuff in his life. You know? So that means we all, doesn't matter where your success is. Everybody has happiness and sadness. And if you can just find that thing inside of you and look for the positive and stuff, I mean, like it's, it's kind of funny on, on the flight back, everybody's been telling me to watch this show, Ted Lasso. And I finally, watched the first two episodes and that's his whole deal there is zero negativity out of that guy and i was just like wow see you know i mean and they're coming down on him so hard and he's got nothing but a smile and positive thing to say and like that's the goal like you know i mean we we all get sad we all get depressed we all get angry but you don't have to hold on to that you just got to move through it you know i mean you're i've read tons of books i've 
gone to therapy. I've I've done stuff to, to help me with that because honestly, Paul, at points I've had those thoughts like, wh- why not? Like, especially when my peers, I, I have very close friends that I see in guitar magazines that I, you know, see on podcasts that I see YouTubes with 10 million. And it's just like, I used to like sit in a room and jam with that guy for hours, you know, right. and for get on stage and jam with them for hours, you know? And it's like, and now they somehow stepped up to that next level and they're doing that thing that for whatever reason, it's just eluded me, you know? So that's life, you know? And I want to talk about this idea um, of famous, right? Do we, do we all want to be famous? Because I think lots of people want to be famous for being famous. Right. And so Here's how to become famous in three easy steps, right? So this is okay. all it takes, Mark, right? You ready? Wait, can I get my pen and paper first? <laughs> Don't want to miss this. <laughs> all right, step one, do something incredibly stupid and obnoxious to attract attention to yourself. That seems like the main one that makes people famous these days. The dumber you are, the more famous you're going to be. And I just, I hate it. Go right. on, next. Step two, <laughs> be sure to record your act of stupidity and publish it on YouTube. Of course. Got to make sure everybody can see what a jackass you are. Step three, get rewarded for your idiocy and bask in your newfound fame. Right. So those are the three easy steps. But do people actually want that? Right. So that's this. uh, This is a website. Right. I'm looking at a website right now. Someone went through the trouble of writing and I just read the headlines. Right. There's actual text here that says, here's how you do these things, which seems mind boggling to me. But. Do people really want that, right? Because that has to be the most fleeting of fleeting sorts of fame. That is the Andy Warhol 15 minutes. Totally, 100%. And I mean, I think, yes, I think a lot of people, look, there's millions of people in the world. And, you know, traveling the world, I meet all types. And some I meet and I can see they want to be a rock star. They want to have fame you know what i mean and then i meet some people and you can tell they're just kind meek people or uh, whatever angry sad people but they just they don't really care about anybody knowing who they are and i think it's interesting because i think with the you know i don't want to sound like i'm 90 but like with the internet and everything it's like <laughs> everybody has everybody has a voice now whereas when we were growing up nobody had a voice unless you were you had a platform you know but everybody's got that now everybody can say this stinks that stinks i, I was talking to my uber driver on the way back from the airport yesterday and he was telling me that you know he was so mad because downtown LA is is he lived there for years and he loved it and he sees these blogs from people that don't live in California and everybody agrees with them and it's like they know nothing about this city but they're, and they're putting up all these misnomers and people believe it because it's on the internet so they think everybody gets murdered when they walk on downtown everybody gets mugged and raped and there's nowhere safe to go and it's just dirty and messy and like they've worked so hard to clean up downtown I mean I was just down there doing that American Idol. And I was walking back and forth all over downtown going, this is really nice, nice restaurants, nice building. And you know what else? I saw tons of tourists down there, people with, you know, Michigan shirts or Idaho shirts. And I'm going, see, people are coming here, you know, and it's like, so, so what's to believe, right? Right. You know, I'm starting to think I need to believe my own eyes and not the internet anymore because I, I like reading news and I like going on Reddit and seeing what people have to say. And there was a point where it was really getting to me. It was really like, I I used to tell my brothers, like, 
I, I got to go dark on the news, man. It's just killing me right now. But what I realized is like I've been traveling so much and I'm seeing people out in the world and it's not like what it's being portrayed from certain entities on the Internet. Right. You know, it's just it's just not like and it's, it's just so crazy that people believe it and buy into it and, and just don't experience life themselves because they're so terrified by what this source is telling them that they just can't even leave their house. You know, it's just yeah. it's sad. On, on that, on, on a similar note, that is something being said. I was reading Guitar Forums as I do. I spend way more, you know, if I practice as much as you told me to, instead of reading Guitar Forums, I'd be a lot better guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I rely on you so I know what's going on on the guitar forums. So. <laughs> so there was a discussion about Warrant, right? And this idea of fame. The band Warrant, who you actually know sure. pretty well. You toured with them, oh, right? You were you were friends yeah. somewhat with, with, with Janie. And there was a discussion yeah. about... Um, the, the song Cherry Pie versus the song Uncle Tom's Cabin. So I unabashedly love Uncle Tom's Cabin. You you te- oh, I- you taught me how to play it. Uh, you, ta- you taught me through the solo because we were going to do it for a cover band thing one night. And it's a great song. But the discussion was about, you know, whether or not Janie was Uncle Tom's Cabin, Janie Lane, or Cherry Pie, Janie, uh, Janie yeah. Lane. And we've right. talked about this. You know for a fact that he was the singer-songwriter guy, not Cherry Pie guy. But, and this is exactly what we're talking about, right? He got famous for Cherry Pie. And at least half, if not three quarters of the the discussion was about, he he wrote Cherry Pie, he wanted to be famous, and he got what he deserved, right? People are dicks like that. Right, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, but think back to him as a kid. He grew up with the Beatles. Like, his whole thing was he wanted to be able to write music like that. And if you listen, I mean... His stuff's not super sophisticated, but yeah. he's very melodic. His content is 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 from the heart, and it's and it's great. And so, all of a sudden, because of the platform he has and the hit song that he literally wrote in like two minutes, when they said, "Hey, we just need one more song for yeah. this record," and then he wrote that off the top of his head. You know, like that came out. Like, and the thing is, is he got lumped straight to that. So when you become that and you don't want to just accept it, you know, there's ways there's, you know, here's the thing. I think talking about Janie Lane and I know I'm getting kind of, I'm I'm doing circles here, but he didn't even like playing heaven, which was like their, their biggest hit. Right. And, And it was a beautiful song, but he's like, I wrote that song in 84 when I was in high school. He's like, it just feels stupid for me to play now. And so I think he was very, enamored with the idea of like the Beatles and how you're always moving forward. You're not just relying on your past things. But what happened was once Cherry Pie came along, it was an albatross. It was you. There, I, you can't go on stage and not play the song that everybody came for you to, to play. You know, I mean, it, you just can't. And he knew that and he didn't want to disappoint the fans, but he also didn't want to be the guy that like you're stuck with this moniker. And I mean, it happens to a lot of guys. So look at like uh, Andrew WK. I was talking about him with somebody the other day, and it's like the dude's a lot smarter than than we think. You know, mm-hmm. like he had a, right. a persona that he put out there, and he wrote a style of music that stayed in. Like, I mean, it was a tight box that genre. Like, he didn't vary anything. Right. There was no soft ballads, and then heavy metal, and mm-hmm. then a groovy song. They were all rock in your face, and that was that. You know, and so he loved it and and if you watch him even to this day like he still is like i'm the party hard guy i'm the party hard guy you know because he didn't just 
push that off. And he uses the platform now to like, you know, espouse good things for our society, charitable work. He's benevolent. He does things that are help people. And it's like, that's what Janie Lane could have done with something like that. But we're all different. His right. brain is just trained in my mind that like I wanted to, he had his idea. And that's the thing, Paul, when you come back to asking me about that, I had my ideas, but I just let my brain be a little more malleable. I just said, you know what, if it's not going to happen and I want to live, I got to like adjust and figure out another way for right. happiness, another way that life matters to me. And, and Janie couldn't. And I get it. You know, I get that depression where it just it hits you and, and he already had the genes of an alcoholic, so what happens, you know? I mean, you just start drinking more and more, and it's, it never works out. I, I think the toughest thing, you know, knowing, reading about Janie, hearing you talk about Janie, the toughest thing to take for anybody looking from the outside is that that he couldn't, like, get away from it, right? He got famous for a thing, and he didn't want to be that thing, and he oh. he couldn't he couldn't escape it. So, like in that case, fame is fame is rough in in that sense. It is. It is. It is. I mean, I, yeah, I can't imagine. On uh, honestly, a hundred percent. And I think that's part of you know. There's a fear of success that people have, you know. And I've heard that my whole life. And I always wondered if I did things to sabotage, because I really like we go to Europe and some countries we're in, I'm walking down the street. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Can I get a picture? And it's like, how? Like, I could I could walk down the street in L.A. I couldn't get arrested, but I can walk down a street in Germany and somebody wants to. And it's like and that's just, you know, it's not common. It just but it happens. Right. And it's weird. Yeah. You know, it's like somebody walks up to you with a little Caesar shirt and they're like putting your arm right around me. And I'm like, what the? And so imagine amplifying the level of yeah. fame and yeah. then having to deal yeah. with that. I'm, I'm no, thank you. Yeah. You know, right. Right. Okay. Uh, a couple of more things here um, with our big New Year's thing, New Year's episode, talking about uh, resolutions, talking about what success means to us, talking about what's going to happen in the future. Uh, what is the most popular New Year's resolution for Americans? Any idea? Weight loss, I'd imagine. It's yeah. So the general concept there is live healthier, right? Whether that means oh, I'm going to sure. exercise more or I'm going to lose weight or whatever, it's it's live healthier. Um, for for musicians, do you think any musician ever says, "I, I have to imagine this is true. I'm going to practice more. I'm going to practice." 30 minutes a day and I'm going to get better and that like, like all of these things, it doesn't work. And so my question is why doesn't it work, Mark? Why can't I suddenly have the discipline to practice my instrument like you do? Well, here's the thing. I need $20 from everybody that wants that answer. And then I'll, I'll let everybody know. And then, uh, whoo, ching, 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 ching. Uh, I, if I, if I knew Paul, I'd tell you, you know, <laughs> But there was something uh, in you, was, right? That you you had the love of music, which you've talked about a lot. <clears throat> but you really wanted to practice. You did all the stuff that's not sexy, right? Yeah. But you didn't necessarily do it. You didn't necessarily do it because you wanted to be famous. You did it for yeah. some other. You wanted to be a musician. So, like, I, how yeah. is that separate from being famous or being rich or having a Ferrari or being Nikki Six or whatever? Well, I just want to play music. I'm not. I'm not in search of the the drug of fame. I'm in right. search of the drug of playing music with great musicians and sharing in that. You know that 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 groove. You know when you feel like there's we're all working simpatico together, and yeah. it's like this mellifluous sound, this wall of music, and it's like it's it's 
you know, that the Billy Gibbon show, I was watching some videos from that. And I'll, I'll never forget the feeling on stage. I mean, yeah, there was three guitars going at the same time at some points. But, man, it just like everybody was tight. It was yeah. just so weird that it was like such a, a train of music. You know what I mean? You could just like you were on the tracks, just and it was so constant and great. It felt great, you know, and I always read Butch Trucks was a freight train. And sure enough, you know, playing with him, I, I, I totally understood that concept. So let's go away from that for a second and try to get into the mindset of someone like Ingve Malmsteen, which seems super dangerous, right? We don't want to get stuck in that space for a long period of time. <laughs> <laughs> but, I can't think about myself that much. <laughs> but, but he is a guy who has amazing technical skill, right? And had to practice for a trillion hours, right? But he definitely seems like the guy that wants the Ferraris and doesn't want to play with equal musicians, right? He wants everything for himself, right? So so what's the difference between Ingve and you? Uh, maybe his upbringing, maybe the way he, like, what what he wants to get out of music is different, you know? I mean, he hears classical things. They they pollute his brain and make him try to play that, you know? I hear Dwayne Allman licks and they pollute my brain and I'm trying to play that, you know? So it's completely split right. world, you know? And, and when you think about classical music, what goes with that? You know what I mean? It's kind of, I don't want to say highbrow, but it is a bit highbrow, you yeah, know? So yeah. he's looking for that out of it, you know? And I mean, he's Swedish and, you know, he's very proper with everything and he thinks he's amazing and he is amazing, right, you know? But I mean, right. he also thinks he is if you ask him. And, uh, right, right. And so, or even yeah, if you don't like, ask him, he'll tell you that he is. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. From what I heard, he'll bring the fury. <laughs> um, okay. One, one last sort of general topic here um, as we start 2023. And this is the idea of other avenues to, to make money when you're a musician. Right. And so this got me thinking about things like cameo. So do you, you know what cameo is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you pay the service and then you can hire someone to say hello or do whatever for, for someone else right. to send a video. Right. So on, in, on some level, something inside of me says, well, that's just sad. Right. Yeah. You, I, I don't know. It just seems super weird and sort of pathetic is the wrong word, but just like, man, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. But uh. on the other hand, you know, who am I to begrudge someone who can make money just by being the person that they used to be, right? Right. So, and, so, and they're bringing happiness with it to yeah. whoever's getting that cameo. That's the other the other aspect of it, you know? But I totally, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. So why why aren't you on cameo? That's, that's my <laughs> first question. Uh, I mean, I am. I just I haven't heard anything yet. So <laughs> I, I went through the entire list of guitarists today, and oh. you are definitely not on there. Uh, well, I mean, I think you have to have a reason to be on there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And this is what we're going to talk about here as sort of our send off for, for uh, the end of 2022, 2023. You can make money from things like Cameo. There are other ways to make money. That's, again, the whole point of yeah. this podcast, right? You can, if you're creative, you can <clears throat> figure out other ways to make money. We were making fun of doing stupid things on the internet, but that is a way that you could ostensibly right. become famous, if not make money. Um, exactly. So on Cameo, like I just said, I went through all of the guitar players who are on Cameo right now and whether or not you can hire them. Um, and I, ch I chose 10, 
I chose 10 <gasps> and I want you to tell me what dollar value they're asking for as their fee to oh. do a cameo, right? Oh. And there's 10 of them. Oh. We'll see oh. how well you do uh, uh, in terms of correctness, right? And you got to be within $5. That's that's the rule. Can I, is there, so I, I don't know that much about, I mean, I know what cameo is. Yeah. I've never looked at a price, like, does it, is it like $1 to 500 or am I like, do I have any sort of range or do I just have to go a million dollars? I think some of the lowest ones I've seen are 30 bucks. I haven't seen really anything less than 30 bucks. And there are some like actors who are in the thousands, right? Okay. But that's, Thank you. We're, we're, that's all I want. Right. We're oh. looking at guitar players who have very much like you have varying degrees of success in music, even if they're not walk down the street, famous Tom Cruise, Top Gun, right? Okay. You ready for this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. Number one, Gary Holt of Slayer and Exodus. How much does Gary Holt ask for? Two fifty. He asks for $35. Wow. <laughs> you know what? I heard of him. So like, yep. and I know who he is and he has, you know, some fame in that genre of yeah, music. For sure. So I'm kind of surprised that he actually lowballs himself like that. You could get, yeah, I could, I could uh, hire Gary Holt to say hi to you for 35 bucks. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> um, so let me ask, does it show you how many times they've been hired? It shows that- ratings, right? And I'm not, I didn't go <laughs> deep into what the ratings show, but I didn't see like how many times they've been hired. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one, bigger name. Dave Mustaine of Megadeth fame, of course. I'll say five hundred bucks. Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Yep. I figured he'd be up there. He, he, he's, you know. So you're way above right now. You're way that above was. in your guesses. So, and, so, so you need to recalibrate. Otherwise, you're gonna get, you're gonna get all ten wrong. Let me get my calipers out. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Next is Matthew Nelson, who I would argue is the less famous half of Nelson. Gunnar Nelson being the more famous Nelson brother. <laughs> really? Really, Paul? <laughs> yes. Matthew Nelson. How much is he charging? Uh, 99 bucks. He's charging 50, right? So closer, Damn it. but still more than Gary Holt, which I think is crazy. Still more than Gary Holt. <laughs> oh man okay this is this is insanity all right here's someone you might know uh doug aldrich famously of white snake and a million other bands incredible guitar player but but not super well known 50 bucks 75 so the first time you were under so so not too bad all right I'm starting to get get everything up. right Evened out, getting the algorithms together. <laughs> Michael Sweet from Striper. Good Christian boy. How much is he asking? 99, 99 bucks. 69 bucks, which I think, mm-hmm. yeah, 69, you know, there's some connotations there. Would a would an actual Christian man be asking for $69? But yeah, Michael Sweet's asking for $69. Well, the stories I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's someone I know, you know, here's someone you have played with and told a very funny story about. His name is Steve Stevens. (laughs) Steve Stevens is on on Cameo. How much is he charging? Uh, $300. $125. (laughs) I just figured he thought he was super cool. So, (laughs) okay. 
Vernon Reed from Living Color. Uh, hundred bucks. Ding, ding, ding! You got it exactly. He's a hundred bucks. Really? Yes. <laughs> Holy cow! Well done. Well done. All right, just a couple more uh, here. Now we got three left. Always had good luck with Vernon Reed. He's always been super cool to me. <laughs> Thank you, Vernon. Uh, Steve Vai, mystical, mystical Ooh. Steve Vai. Let's say one fifty. Very close, but you still don't get it. One seventy-five. Okay, because so, he seems like he wouldn't be a jerk and charge way too much, but but he's got to make something because he's Steve Vai. Right. So Tommy Thayer, who maybe you know personally, Black and Blue, now plays in Kiss, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if I was to say Paul Stanley, it would probably be like $10,000 or something, right? Or Gene Simmons, it would be $50,000 maybe, but... Right, of course. But, but Tommy Thayer... A thousand. Two hundred dollars to talk to Tommy Thayer, and what's what's cool there is in the in the picture on Cameo, he's wearing his Ace outfit. Holy crap! Wow! <laughs> so he gets dressed up for two hundred and fifty bucks or whatever he said. <laughs> That's insane. All right, and the last one, one of my very favorites from my childhood, Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick. Oh wow, that's cool, man. He's so cool. I'm gonna say a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks again. Ding ding ding. Valley. Straight on. <laughs> so you got Vernon Reed and you got Rick Nielsen, both a hundred bucks. You got them both right. All right, that's cool. Shit, I didn't get any. <laughs> so, so now you have a sense of cameo. Could could Ron go on cameo um, and yeah. and make some money? You think? I think so. Yeah. Okay. If he want, if he wanted to, right. you know, if he wanted to, right, right. Yeah, um, I think he sold a few thousand of his book. Right, and his he it, just released. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Yeah. No, no, no. I just said he just he just yeah. released a book on his life yeah. called uh, "You Can Judge This Book by Its Cover," <laughs> which is a picture of his his uh, back tattoo. Yeah. I don't know what you call that. It's not a sleeve, but it's a whatever. It's a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and and I I agree. Right. I think I think he could do it. My my last question here is, you know, again, when you when you think back on moving to L.A. in 1987 and you think of where we are now. Right. Obviously, technology has changed in ways we could never, ever have predicted back then. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, And there are all of these small decisions that we all make along the way. Right. We decide to do this and you can look back on it with hindsight and say, oh, damn it, I should have done that or or I should have done this. Um, is there any, is there anything really that you would say you would, you would do differently or are you pretty much okay with the path that you went on? The only, that's funny you'd say that Paul, cause <clears throat> I was thinking of one thing today out of the blue because people have told me I should do YouTube stuff, you know? And years ago when YouTube first came out, I was like, you know what? I should do some videos and put them up here. And then I got lazy and I never did it because I just thought, Oh, who knows? The guitar thing won't happen. And you know, people make millions of dollars yeah, now doing just do. guitar stuff yeah. on YouTube. And so I do regret that. I do regret that. I didn't just follow through. I mean, I actually went as, as far as to make my own, you know, channel and all that stuff. And then I think I uploaded like some videos of my dogs and that's it. And I was just like, God. And then everybody, when I started doing the, the Sunday, solos everybody said that should be on youtube because you'll get a lot of views from that and that could be you know you can make money from it but i never figured out how what i put on instagram to get over to youtube because yeah. i 
I don't the videos when I make them, you know? The other problem there is copyright. You know, you might get into some copyright trouble because there are definitely some artists that, that will give you copyright right. things and YouTube will enforce all of that sort of stuff. If you had done that and become YouTube famous, would you, would you still be a live guitar player? Yeah, see, that's, I don't know. And that's the thing is like, I, 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 you know, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. really don't. And I don't, I don't want to be a guy who just stuck in front of the computer. You know, I love the, my, my favorite thing is being in front of a big crowd, you know, I mean, as, as shy and as reserved as I am, it's so much fun to stand there in front of a lot of people and, and play, you know, I mean, there's some adrenaline rush you get out of it that nothing else in the world provides that's like that, you know, which I think is why a lot of musicians become drug addicts. Cause they're like, that feeling only happens there. What, how do I get it? You know? And so you just have to, you know, you have to go up there and play. It's the only way to get that feeling. Right on. Well, you know, you have that, you have that thing. You can't stop playing. You I, know, I've heard you talk about quitting and I, you don't. <laughs> I, I talk about quitting every few years. I talk about it with my wife, of course, every few years. And I think, ah, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, but then, as you said, there's like, well, I haven't played a show in a month. I want to, I want to play a show no matter where it is. You know, because who cares if there's 10 people there, if there's one, even if the bartenders are, you know, it's, if you're playing in front of somebody, there's an energy, there's an excitement. And if you're playing with other people, it's even better because now you're sharing all that energy. But, you know, how great is it when there's 500 people in a little room? You know, I mean, that's just like, wow, it's like a firecracker. I, I agree. So I'm looking forward to 2023. Mark Tremalia, best guitar player in the whole universe, doesn't plan ahead, um, but he does have stuff coming up. Um, he is working his lighting technician day job. He's doing lots of stuff. You should check him out. Maybe one day we'll, we, we will be able to convince him to, to start a YouTube channel or something. I'm sorry. What are you trying to interrupt me with, Mark? I'm going to be on the Golden Globes red carpet next week. That's right. I'm, I'm going to be holding lights for entertainment tonight on all the interviews with everybody. So, so if the camera, if the camera just swings a little bit, we might catch a glimpse of you. Probably I'll be in the back. Well, cause everybody's going to be doing interviews. So they're like, I have to wear a tux cause I'm, they said you'd probably be on camera because the way it's all handheld and everybody's just walking around, I'm just going to be holding the light. So another reason to ask Marky T for an autograph, he'll be holding He's lights for celebrities. <laughs> you know, we always want those guys autographed. <laughs> well, I want to thank everyone for uh, 2022 and all the support we got, all the listens we got. It's been fantastic. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. It's so great. And we're looking looking forward to uh, more interviews in 2023. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Marky T, for being on the show yet again. Thank you, Paulie Ann, my favorite guitar player. Woo! Woo!